0: Are we recording? <classrooms> no, too much, too much, too much, too much. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh, and, and, Kylie. and on today's episode, we talk about the top five films David Sims has given three and a half stars to on Letterboxd. <laughs> Are you excited? Are you excited for this list, Kaylee? Here it is. We've done it. We've come down the path. It's another. It's another great list here from Ducks Watch Together. One that is topical and relevant, and one that everybody has just been craving. That's right, everyone. Five films that your friend and mine, who we've all never met, David Sims
1: he would probably find this this episode to be a little like uncomfortable like you're only gonna do my three and a half star films why not like the films I actually love
0: you know I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna say that not only would he find this list uncomfortable he might find this list a little sweaty this, this list might just be a little sweaty just just putting that out there but it's okay it's alright we got this Kylie, would you like to do the honors of telling everyone why we're here today for this glorious episode in the early part of March? (laughs) Yeah. Josh doesn't like Jack Black. I do not not like Jack Black. I don't like him enough to do an episode on him. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. Are you saying that you want to put... Jack Black on the same level as Tom Hanks and Keanu Reeves. Is that what you're doing? You're gonna, you're like, mm. Black's the third one on the Mount Rushmore for us. Gets an episode all to himself. Because I'm fine with it. Like, if that's what you want, we can we can hard shift correct right here. We can do Jack Black's top performances.
1: No, because I've already made this stupid list. Why aren't we doing his five-star films? They're far more
0: interesting. <laughs> because this is more ridiculous. And I am nothing if not a ridiculous human. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like Jack Black. Oh, wait. Hmm. Tried to connect it there.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: All right, Josh. Go about your thing.
0: What thing? My, like, why we're doing this thing? Oh, we already said why we're doing this. No, it's not because I hate Jack Black. I hate
1: Jack Black.
0: <laughs> There's, that's it. It's just like, mm, Jack Black, David Sims, three and a half stars. <laughs> the obvious connection right there. I don't
1: know. Did I say something stupid? Did you say something stupid? Something stupid got said and here we all are. <laughs> Because you were like, Kylie, why don't we just do the crow? And I was like, I don't want to do the crow. Then I have to like watch the crow and talk about why I had my feelings for the crow.
0: You're the one that want to do the crow. You're like, I want to do the crow, but I don't want to do it yet. Yeah. i got to build up to the crow. Yeah. Spoilers, the crow's coming at some point in yeah, the future. Yeah, if we
1: don't watch Highlander Endgame with Avengers Endgame. No, we are <laughs> Then no. we'll watch the crow. We already have it. the
0: endgame pair planned. You told me that we did. So
1: you told me two years ago.
0: I mean, fair. what it was. There you go. Okay.
1: You planned it this it's whole.
0: A, you're like uh, Kevin Feige. Yep, two-year promise. All
1: right. Why are we doing this? I don't know. Who who suggested this? Is this you? Is
0: this me? Did I say something stupid? It was was probably me because I was like, okay, why are we doing Jack Black performances? Because, like, fine, whatever. But also, I wasn't like, fine, we'll do it at some point, Kylie. I didn't realize how important that list was to you. It's
1: really not, but... but,
0: Well, this is the second time you've tried to get it on the list, so... (laughs) (laughs) Um... But I was like, fine, you want to do Ridiculous School of Rock for No Reason? Then I'm going to do a No Reason list. And I was like, what did David Sims give School of Rock on Letterboxd? And you're like, well, let's see if he reviewed it. And he happened to give it three and a half stars. So I was like, fine, top five films David Sims gave three and a half stars to. There it is. That's, That's it. This is... Basically, Kylie and I played chicken, and we ended up with this list. We played chicken enough to the point where I was like, no, now we have to record it early. So, listeners, if we reference things back in January, when you're hearing this in March...
1: Just don't talk about glass! <laughs> it's really easy not to!
0: <laughs> I wasn't the one that brought it up, Kylie. You... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Kylie, are you ready for the inquiry of half squared Fortnite? Whatever. Okay, uh, we are talking about three and a half star films today. Films. This that our good friend, who we've never met, David Sims, a critic who I think we both respect and like, uh, and question. And <laughs> Kylie <laughs> is possibly the David Sims of our podcast. So I'm not as smart as him. Wait, wait. I mean, listen. They are the only two friends that have ever existed. Hashtag the two friends.
1: Yeah, we're the two enemies. And we're
0: the two enemies. So it would make sense that we're not exactly the same because, like, I think I've got some David and you've got some David and I've got some Griffin and you've got some Griffin. So it's all good. It's not quite the same.
1: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm pouty like Griffin.
0: <laughs> you bring up pop vinyls.
1: I like the Hotel Transylvania films more than any human should. <laughs>
0: There you go. See? All, all kinds of things there. So.
1: Do we want to see the podcast that we're refer- pulling all of this from? Oh, have we not done that? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I haven't really been paying attention.
0: Uh, it's Blank Check with Griffin and David. The podcast, which is about filmographies.
1: directors to have massive success to go on and create whatever <laughs> passionate tactics they want. Sometimes they clear and sometimes they bounce, baby.
0: Okay, so we're both Patreons to this podcast. We both quite love it, and we've referenced it a lot on this show. (laughs) It's the only podcast we share in common. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And we both listen to several podcasts. Yeah. Um, I sometimes listen to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Um, Hollywood City? It's a good podcast. I just like it's not in my regular rotation of podcasts.
1: I only listen to the episodes of movies I've seen.
0: I also do that, but only ones that I don't have other podcasts to listen to about them. So, like, if they do an episode on Glass, I'm probably not getting there. Because I got three other episodes of Glass to listen to. They
1: talked
0: about Maybe. We're not here to talk about Glass! Um... So, yeah, we both love this podcast, and uh, we, I, I would happen to say, maybe subconsciously in some areas, and maybe consciously in others, the more we've gone on and listened to that podcast, the more our podcast has kind of formatted itself like them a little bit to, to do, I think our banter has changed a little bit because of them.
1: Because I no longer have patience?
0: Because <laughs> we have banter. Oh. <laughs> no yes because you no longer have patience that is that is
1: our first episode it's like 20 seconds in we're here talking we start talking about the joker of suicide squad we're not
0: fooling around okay
1: (laughs) yeah that was serious we need to get through that as quickly as possible
0: yeah that and like two of our first three episodes are like suicide squad and sausage fest
1: Dragon is uh, the second... Uh,
0: yeah, Pete's Dragon Remake.
1: ...is the second like movie version. <sighs> Hands of Stone.
0: Uh, classic, classic apps.
1: Yep. Films where... The films I really fight for to get put <laughs> an episode on, like School of Rock and Hands of Stone. You always ask me for a reason... <laughs>
0: Yep, uh-huh. and sometimes there just isn't one. You know that classic uh, thing, Hands of Stone, where we, that's where we paired performances by musicians and <laughs> <in> film.
1: Highlander. <laughs> um, his Instagram, Connor McCloud's Instagram. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. the other night it yeah. had
1: like he had like this big, this big drink. It looked like it looked like a dessert drink, like it kind of looked like a giant milkshake. It could have been like, like, Alky, but yeah. like. It was just a cute little picture of him drinking it, and Great. I was like, "Oh, what a cutie!"
0: Love it, love it. <laughs>
1: Christopher Lambert, hey, So,
0: This episode might just be our our homage, our our very small thank you to our friends over, our friends who we've never met what? over at Blink Check with you know, Griffin and David.
1: We've given you money. It's true, five dollars a month. All right, yeah. One, and then listen, I don't think we could do this episode with with Griffin
0: or <laughs> Part two, Griff three and a half stars.
1: <laughs> all right, anyways. No, we're not here to talk about Griff Lightning. We're here to talk about David Sims, who writes for The Atlantic. Sometimes I read his full reviews on films that I'm interested on his take on. Sometimes
0: I don't. <laughs> Sometimes I just go to Letterboxd and I was like, you gave four stars to Glass? He's
1: like one of the few Twitter accounts who I just go straight to the page. I read his Twitter and I'm like, all right, I'm done for the internet. <laughs> David Sims has kept me up to speed. <laughs>
0: And so. <laughs> so you might say he's your Wolf Blitzer. I don't know what that means. He's a news reporter. Oh, okay. Is he a good guy or a bad guy? I think he's okay. I don't really know a lot about Wolf Blitzer. See, I don't want to put. It, I don't want to put that label on David Sims. <laughs> okay, wait. Um, David he's Sims your, is like my wait, wait, guardian hang on, hang angel. On, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do a better one. He's your Walter
1: Cronkite. I was <laughs> thinking he's more like my Jiminy Cricket.
0: Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> Solid. Like my conscience. He's like Kylie. We're stuck in a whale. Now what? That's a movie industry, baby! (laughs) Uh, My favorite thing about his letterbox is his profile picture with his just him hands and head at a laptop. It's great.
1: Do you know what he's watching?
0: No, I don't. I think he's
1: watching a trailer for Ponyo. Oh, great. Yeah, see,
0: like, when the blank track trivia happens, I'm ready for it. Ponyo, Ponyo, little fishy in the sea. Inquiry of the Half Squared Fortnite, Kylie we're here to talk about three-and-a-half-star films, uh, films that our friend David Sims gave three-and-a-half-star films to. So I just wanted to see if we can get a general definition of what is a three-and-a-half-star film. What, is, what does that mean to you?
1: Okay, so you actually define more of what your stars are. Yeah. See, I look at things like like grade, because like, I yep. kind of want to be a teacher. Yep. And so three-and-a-half out of five... Is an actual like c grade yes so like it's kind of like it's like you've passed you've passed better than you had to because like you technically just need a d to pass um and so like you've passed you get the credit i see that you put a little bit more effort into it i read your paper like a little bit shaky here and there but overall enjoyed it nothing great yeah Nothing like horrible, it's just kind of like I'm just kinda of like, yeah. 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 With movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> three and a half star movies are a lot of, like I think about like like Sunday afternoon. Okay. Like you don't want anything too heavy. Right. Like you're not gonna put yeah. on
0: you're not putting Schindler on. No. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: no. You're No you're not
0: folding laundry to to good old Schindler's list. I'm pretty
1: there. sure we went to Schindler's List on like a Sunday night though. Yeah, we did. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Sunday
0: night you can get heavier. You oh, can get okay, heavier on oh, Sunday night. Okay afternoon, you gotta keep it light. Yeah, it's so yeah. like, you
1: know, you're just, you're sitting there and you're like, well, let's, let's put on.
0: <laughs> I've got my three and a half stars just in the barrel, ready to go.
1: I'm trying to find a three and a half star movie that you can just like watch. And, you know, like, I don't really, that's not really three and a half for me.
0: <laughs> I think it's more of a three.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say Jungle Book, like the original animated, but that's probably more of a three for me. I didn't, you can just put on You can put on Why do I hate all the Disney
0: films, Josh? Why are you only looking at the Disney films, Kylie? You can put on The
1: Shallows Oh, there you go I you can just yeah. sit back You can just be
0: caught in The Shallows and
1: Blake, now watch Blake Lively punch a shark
0: There you go <laughs> Sit back and watch Blake Lively punch a shark Love it. And
1: there's a seagull! There's, yeah, there is. I, I'm Steve? a... Steve? Is that Steve, yeah, Steve? Steven Seagull. Seagull. <laughs> Josh, I'm so obsessed uh. with birds that appear in film. Jimmy the Raven. Yep. Steven Seagull. That's the end of my list. My mother doesn't care about Jimmy
0: the Raven. Oh, uh, sad. I care about Jimmy the Raven. Um... My three and a half star is very, very similar to you. It means that it's like an above average film. Mm-hmm. So we kind of do the Letterbox five star system, which I think fits the grade system really well also. Uh, but so it's just an above average movie. It's one that I personally have to enjoy the movie, though I can see that there are like flaws within it. So my kind of perfect go-to, like like a recent one, which I may get some heat for, is like an Infinity War I think Avengers Infinity War is a perfectly fine three and a half star movie. You exceeded expectations in some ways, and you didn't exceed expectations. You failed to meet expectations in others. But on the whole, I think you're fine. I really like watching you every now and again. I'm not going to say you're great cinema, but there's some really good stuff in there. So that's kind of my... Three and a half star definition of a movie. Friends, if you want to tell us what a three and a half star movie is for you, you can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. at squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes with a five star review or any star review, and we will rock you. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We will rock you. That's what we'll do. We will also rock you if you hit that subscribe button. (laughs) (laughs) That helps us get new listeners. That sound doesn't, but you know. We'll also rock you if you follow us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcasts. And now, on with the show. Goodness, goodness, goodness. You I'm not giving you comedy points for that joke. That's, that's, it's right out.
1: I can't believe it's taken this long for me to, to, to make it.
0: And now it's all you'll do. Well,
1: usually, when you start doing that, I stop paying attention.
0: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
1: And I just, like, start looking at letterboxed or whatever, or I, like, finally rank my list.
0: (laughs) You're like, ah, this- uh, Our content information is so long that I can just (laughs) not pay attention and do the work.
1: Yeah, I can do the work that I've had weeks to do. Yeah,
0: great. Perfect. (sighs) All right. Kind of Kelly, like, do you, uh, you got any rules, any provisos, any, uh, quid pro quo? No. Just no? To
1: be three and a half stars by David Sims. We had 343 films to pick from.
0: We did. We did have 343 films to pick from. was It was a, a brazy list to kind of go through.
1: Yeah, because I was like, yeah. nope, 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 no. Oh! <laughs> nope, nope, no! That's how it
0: went. My favorite one of you going through it was... <laughs> was like, oh man, what was the other one? You were like, you can't give this and Return of the King. Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, David, you can't give Phantom Menace and Return of the King the same score. He can and he did apparently. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Okay, so.
1: Fellowship, he gave five stars though.
0: Well, that's that's fair. Fellowship is, is very good. Mm-hmm. Yep, there you go. So what I did was I went through and I found a li- I found the list of like movies that I liked or that I was really into that were on David Sims' three-and-a-half-star list on Letterboxd, which if you're not aware of how to do that, what you can do is you go to the critic, and then you can click their films, and then you can actually sort them by films that they have rated. You can do this with anybody on Letterboxd, and then you can just go through their their films it's pretty it's actually letterbox is super great about that this is also maybe just an advertisement for letterbox which is a great uh, film social media service anyway so then I found the films of his that I liked and I made a list of my own uh, and then I ranked that list several ways over just to try to figure out how I wanted to pick out of these and I knew because Kylie had said which I was already thinking but Kylie had said to me that like is it just five films that we don't think we're ever going to get a chance to talk about any other reason why? And so I was kind of like, sure, that's a good guidance for it. And then I just started ranking it in different ways. You can do it by length. You can do it by popularity. You can do it by alphabetical. You can do it by by your personal ratings. Like that. So I chose by popularity. And what I did was I chose the bottom five films in terms of popularity on Letterboxd, which is just how many times people have logged them so that they've, they're less seen. And yeah, I figured I'd talk about these five just to maybe help get some sort of recognition to these five films that I happen to quite enjoy that are on David Simpson's 3.5 star list. That's how we did it.
1: All right, here we go. All right. You ready?
0: You ready for it? Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You get
1: to go first. I usually go first.
0: All right. And my number five is a film from 2017. Uh, yeah, I think it was from, wow, two years ago at this point. Look at that. Uh, it's called Indignation. It's directed by James Sheamus and it stars Logan Lerman. And I really like Indignation as an exploration of what. Just like what it is to be a working class kind of student in the 50s and all of the kind of issues and problems that you have to deal with throughout there. So he plays this kind of working class kind of Jewish student who goes to university uh, and he's away from home and he has to deal with Issues of anti-Semitism, he has to do with issues of, like, how to deal with his budding sexuality and what that means, And, and kind of just the overall cultural issues of the time. And it's just, it's this really kind of small mood piece that i super found myself just being really engaged in and exploring what this idea of masculinity at the time looks like and what it means to be a jewish american in the 50s and it, it just it was a very very interesting good film that i think ended up being in my top 30 maybe my top 40 of that year uh, maybe even a little bit higher but i think it's the top 30 um of that year and I just didn't get a lot of chance to talk about Indignation. So Logan Lerman who's wonderful in the movie. Uh I, it's an actor who I would I, I'd be excited to watch him do more indie film and less more kind of smaller work. Um and Sarah Gordon, I think is her name. She is the co-lead and she's also very wonderful. I think there's a lot of good performances in here as well. But yeah, Indignation, a small little film that you should go seek out and see. All
1: right, number 5, Heaven Knows What.
0: Heaven Knows What? No uh- Oh, this,
1: sorry. this is actually, like, a really serious... Oh, sorry!
0: So sorry. <laughs> I, I, I don't know much about Heaven Knows What, so, so sorry.
1: So, my boys. Your the, boys. The Safdie
0: brothers. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh, the Safties. <laughs> hey. They're here for a good time, not a long time.
1: Well, so Heaven Knows What. Uh-huh. Uh, so, in Heaven Knows What, what ends up happening when they make this film? Uh, so this film follows the, kind of, life of, uh drug addict living on the streets, and just kind of her experience throughout it. Um, It's based on the main character, uh, the actress. She ends up writing a self-memoir about her time of living on the streets, and just her struggle with addiction throughout her entire life. And they take that script, they make it into a movie, they cast the person who writes it to be their star. And essentially what it is, is we're following just like her life through living through her addiction living on the street and what I think that I really like about it is that a lot of times when we do kind of follow these stories about people who are dealing with addiction oftentimes we don't always give the most fair hand to those stories because though they have made that choice um, to begin uh, drug use or alcohol use um, once they do get that addiction, a lot of times we kind of just cast them off and be like, well, that's your, that's your problem to deal with. And so what I appreciate about What Heaven Knows What is like, I feel like it gives this character a little bit more characterization and you're allowed to sympathize with her and her struggle and you want this character to succeed and to get better. And a lot of times you don't see it in films like that. like. I recently saw, like, something like Beautiful Boy, Mm -hmm. where though Timothy Chalamet's performance is very good, that character is not given very much. No. He's not, there's not, there's not really any characters throughout that film, but what Heaven Knows What does is it crafts it a lot better. And we have great performances by people like Ariel Holmes, who is the main character, and we get our boy, Caleb (laughs) Landry-Jones! He's not our boy. No, <laughs> he just appears in a lot of things that we watch. Yes, um, and so I, I just I feel like there's a lot of person uh, there's a lot of personal touches to it, and you very much sympathize with these characters. Maybe not Caleb Landry Jones.
0: Best ever. Caleb Landry Jones
1: performance. I've got mine. I like. I. It's very small, but I like him in. Florida project. I also like him in three billboards.
0: Yes, I was going to say those were the two that, like, maybe when he's not being a Creeper McCreeperson. Yeah. But he's good at being a Creeper McCreeperson. Though, like, because I think his most mm, prominent part is probably in Get Out, and he's, to me, the weakest part of Get Out, you know. But he's not a bad actor, so. All right, my number four is Love is Strange. It's a 2014 film directed by Iris X, who's an Irish filmmaker. And this film stars Alfred Molina and John Lithgow, two of my faves, as a couple who have been together for like, for I think it's like almost 40 years or 50 years or something like that. And they, um, they because of... Uh, the The laws that are changed, they're finally able to get married, but then as a result, the company of um, Alfred Molina ends up firing him because of it, and so then they end up because of this. They've been a couple for years, and they have kids together, and like they're they're all kind of wrapped them in their life. But because of this, they kind of lose their apartment because of their finances and their income and they have to go live separately. And it's just kind of their story of like that strain on their family and that strain on relationship and that strain on how bringing them together, you know, is is more of a challenge than what it would seem. And it's just really kind of just beautiful. I'm exploring about how love is and always will be complicated and that love is and always will be, you know, something that, I think, is, is is worthwhile and fighting for. And it's just, I don't know, I love the performances from both Alfred Molina and John Lithgow, uh, and it's just, it's a, it's a, it's one of those small little, like, New York films where you're like, it's a slice of the life of New York. But it's, I think the themes are more important and poignant than just being a little New York film. It's a good, fun watch. I like uh, Love is Strange.
1: Number four is Running on Empty.
0: Running on Empty. Yeah. I'm not going to make a big joke about it because I don't... I want to be like the? I want to. I want to make the same mistakes twice.
1: Running on, running you can. You can make team. a joke about this running one.
0: On, running behind. So Josh. Yeah. What's up?
1: Sydney Lumet.
0: Sydney Lumet.
1: It's a filmmaker, right? Uh huh. And you know, having made a lot of like importanter films and like
0: important.
1: yeah, more important. That's Joshua making Ward. films that like matter. Uh huh. The only Sydney Lumet film I've really seen is a little film called Running on Empty. Nice. Um, is it about marathon runners? No. Oh, sad. It sure is not. Josh. Is
0: it about cross country drives?
1: In a sense.
0: Oh, okay, great. I
1: mean, they have to drive around a lot. So, what is it? What it is? <laughs> What it is, is it's this uh, family who the two parents, uh, back during the Vietnam War, blew up the laboratory at their college. Or at oh, a college. <laughs> uh, To stop them from being able to, like, produce napalm there. Because they were against the war. And because they're uh, terrorists, they uh-huh. have to, like...
0: <laughs> they have to
1: run. They have to be on the run. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, and so then, they have two children. And the older son, Josh, uh-huh. is played by... The most haunted and sad actor of all time. Now we can all name who that is together. A teenage, teenage boy actor. Oh, okay, ready? All together. One, two, three. The Kid Frit- Aquaman. Rib- River Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. River Phoenix. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So
1: River Phoenix, who, uh-huh. like, throughout his career, especially when he's a teen, he plays all these, like, sad boys.
0: Okay, yes. Yeah, you're not wrong.
1: Because, like, he was really good at it. Yeah.
0: He was... Maybe... <laughs> too good. Because he was... Oh. <laughs> a sad boy.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. yeah. River
0: Phoenix had some issues. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a tragedy what happened to him. But what, what I will say, with his career, though it was fairly short, he does... It into like that anxiety that teenagers feel, especially in that pain and that longing. And with River Phoenix and his character, it doesn't feel as obnoxious as it could in a lot of other circumstances. Yeah. Because essentially every time they are almost caught, they have to pick up their lives and move somewhere else and change their identity. So this family is essentially on the run for their entire life. He's been doing it since he's two, so he's never actually had a place and his name is always changing. His name uh, in most of this film is Michael. I think his real name's Danny. Doesn't matter. And so he goes to this town, and he falls in love with everyone's favorite 80s girl.
0: Jennifer Grey.
1: Martha Plimpton.
0: Well, no, you're not wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Martha Plimpton, uh, he like... Walking or not walking, River is a really good pianist, and his father her father is a music teacher, and he takes interest in. So essentially, what this is is it's River Phoenix being able to finally stop running because his family spoilers his family leaves him. They keep running. What? Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, yeah, he's about to go to college. Oh yeah. He's gonna go to and play music. He's a piano boy. <laughs> Sing us the song. I'm the piano boy. Sing us the song tonight.
0: So he's Billy Joel. He's We're just Billy in. Joel. Oh, it's, it's Billy Joel's close. life story. Oh, it's pretty okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, it's tearing apart the Studio here. Sorry. Um,
1: and so like I, something that I've, I I really appreciate that is though all usually River Phoenix is playing this like really cool character too cool for school is that this film also taps into like he's really awkward yeah. and he's a teenager and he doesn't actually have a sense of identity in a lot of ways because of how often he has to change and so I just I find the film I find that the film creates this family dynamic where everyone just seems like they hate each other mm-hmm. but you also say that they really love each other and his father is Judd Hirsch so you're on board oh, yeah
0: more 80s <laughs>
1: And it, it, it's just this this family dynamic where like they always feel like like it's about to break, but like they genuinely care for each other, and you're just like, oh, love it, yeah, love it, love it, love it, running on empty. Running on,
0: running on empty. This film made no money. <laughs> <laughs> it's made
1: the for what? seven million dollars, and it made, but it had
0: the most '80s cast. <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> I don't even know who the mom is. Okay, I'm gonna try and say it. Okay. Christine Lati.
0: Oh, okay, great.
1: Do you know who that is? Nope. Okay, so exactly. Yeah. She was nominated for Best Supporting A- Actress in Swing Shift. Oh. You're the Oscars boy.
0: Yeah. Do you know who she is now? Uh, no, I've not seen <laughs> Swing Shift.
1: Josh, how are we gonna win
0: <laughs> when Oscar trivia comes? My number three is Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. I like Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Not, it's a good time. Not Ethan Hawke's Hamlet. Not Ethan Hawke's Hamlet. <laughs> nope, not that one. Uh, not, not Mel Gibson's Hamlet either. Not that, that's a thing? Yeah, that's a thing.
1: Yeah. was it on the list uh-huh i wasn't really paying attention. no it wasn't on oh, okay. david sims's
0: list it is a thing even hawk's hamlet not on the list either by the way yeah it is is it it totally is nuh-uh na, 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 na.
1: Ooh, i had my
0: choice of hamlet's mm-hmm. now i went with kenneth branagh because that's the one that i picked wait i gotta we gotta double check this go deep deep dive deep dives into the sims not the sims the video game sims the person Did you know he lived in London? Yeah, three and a half stars, Hamlet. Man, look at that! Three and a half stars. Look at you, Davy Sims. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Think anybody's ever called him Davy?
1: I'm not gonna try.
0: Davy. (laughs) Davy Boy Sims. No. Not on board.
1: Try silence.
0: That's a podcast. Last time I tried silence, a month and a half ago on this podcast, you didn't talk.
1: Yeah, I started reading. It was yeah. pretty pleasant.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. The podcast about reading. Josh, talk about your stupid Hamlet film, okay? <laughs> talk about it. Talk about all the stupid Hamlet films. <laughs> I just want to talk about this one. All right, talk about it. Okay, great Kenneth Branagh. Okay,
1: yeah, he loves himself. <laughs> Love yourself as much as Kenneth Branagh loves himself. I mean, that 2019 goals.
0: Did you know that he's directing Artemis Fowl? <laughs>
1: Does he play the king of, like, the
0: I, world? <laughs> I guess. I don't know, man. Like, he was like, mm. D- Disney somehow just has him wrapped up into, like, you're going to make films for us, kid of Bran, huh? And then Fox is like, do you want to wear a stupid mustache? And he's like, yes. Um, yes, I <laughs> Uh, Kenneth Branagh, who is the most famous Shakespearean actor of our day. I'm not gonna say best, because I don't have, like, a a basis to know this, but, like, probably most famous Shakespearean actor of our day, who also does films, and directs things, and acts. He, in 1996, I wanna say... Let me do some research while I figure it out. Clicking buttons here. 1996. Kenneth Branagh comes out with a very traditional version of Hamlet. He is starring as Hamlet himself, uh, but his cast includes uh, Kate Winslet, Julie Christie, Robin Williams, Gerard Repardue, Timothy Spall, Jack Lemmon, Billy Crystal, uh, Rosemary Harris, Richard Attenborough, Judi Dench, lots of people, lots of people are in this version of Hamlet. And it's, so I use this version of Hamlet in class to show, like, this is what good, like, use of hamlets or of shakespearean dialogue is and how you can perform it and how you can use the rhythms of the pattern but also it's not always done on iambic pentameter there is here and there and so we watched this film as some good performance of hamlet and and i think it's just a well done it's kind of big it's kind of splashy it is it is In comparison to the Mel Gibson version, which is what it gets compared to often, uh, it's, it's, Mel Gibson tried to do a, a quote unquote realistic down and dirty take of Hamlet in Denmark and added some weird love stuff with his mom that is apparently seen in some circles of Hamlet, but it's not in my brain. So anyway, but I just, this film's good. It's fun. It's, I think if you're trying to introduce anyone into what classic Shakespearean, uh, performance is, and what a classic Shakespearean film is, you could do worse than showing Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. I think it's a film he cares about, and it's really well. It's a fun film. It's a good time.
1: My number three is Ethan Hawke's Hamlet. It's
0: not, it's not, it's not. not, I know, but I just, I want it to be so bad. Do you think there's crossover? We've only got five films left to talk about. Nope. Okay. (laughs) you're like because we don't like the same movies Josh no nope.
1: <laughs> all right Josh yeah did you hear who got married
0: no what?
1: Peggy Sue got married
0: <laughs> go away what are you doing what <laughs> you're bringing in Mr. Ford Coppola already
1: <laughs> brought Sydney Lumet.
0: <laughs> great good old peggy sue (laughs) got married here do you talk about peggy sue got married before i talk about my cultural context of peggy sue got married
1: (laughs) so so josh
0: yeah kathleen turner nicholas cage yeah June. jim carrey's
1: in it Sophia yep. coppola's in it mm-hmm. nicholas cage is doing something weird in that his voice is like really it's really na-? yes
0: that sentence is the least <laughs> shocking thing that's ever been said on this <laughs> podcast nicholas cage is doing something weird in that it'd be more it'd be more solid if somebody was like nicholas cage is being real normal <laughs>
1: So Peggy Sue got
0: married.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know why I like this film. You go to town. It's just such a great time. You and David Sims, three and a half I just it. want to go back in time when I was in high school and fix everything that I did wrong. And, like, learn that life sucks. And, like, tell everyone how terrible it is. And be nice to the nerd. And I don't know. Like, Peggy Sue got married is, like, essentially it's like this woman having to, like forgive her husband for sucking and like I just so we watched a film that most people have heard of and like called Back to the Future Yes, where he goes back to the 50s and he's like hey whoa it's crazy now the version (laughs) that I like my version of it was always Peggy Sue got married because she passes out and she wakes up in her teenage body and she's a teenager again and just, like, the th- there are similarities between of the- between them. One is far better than the other. But. Peggy Sue Got Married just always has this soft spot in my heart of this young woman who's just, like. Or, t- of this woman in her teenage body and, like, learning those mistakes and, like, being able to hopefully fix some things and make it right. And, like, I don't know. It's fun. Nicolas Cage is fun. He is. I like him. Jim Carrey is restrained. What? He's restrained. How? They pull him back. They don't give him too much. Nicolas Cage sings in this film, Josh. No, put your phone down and listen to me. I am listening to you! Nicolas Cage sings! I don't know if it's actually him singing, but let me believe. Nicolas Cage is singing. Do you want me to look it up? I don't- No! No! Let the memory in my head stand that Nicolas Cage sings in this
0: film. Great. Why Why are you not pushing for top five Nicolas Cage performances? Why? Well, Josh- are there
1: yeah (laughs) i know (laughs) we haven't the reason is is i'm gonna make a statement Uh uh-huh okay and you can easily correct me i won't argue with it i don't think we've done a Nicolas cage episode other than national treasure that may have come out already
0: yeah okay uh, maybe yeah yeah uh uh-huh yeah well we'll get there or spoilers what are we doing with national treasure the Oscars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, sorry, what did we do with National Treasure? The Oscars. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah.
1: And so, that's why we haven't done Nicholas Cage movies. We haven't, er, performances. We haven't really done a Nicolas Cage movie
0: before. All right, well, apparently we're gonna get it in there. No, we won't. Yep. What would we even talk about, Josh? Gone in 60 seconds. No. Yep. I'm not watching that again. Why? You don't have to. You've already seen it. It's burned into your memory. Eleanor. Eleanor. She's right here Forever. Okay, tell me about why
1: you don't like Peggy I
0: don't. Right? I don't not like it. Have I've you seen, seen it? it? Exactly one time. It's weird, right? Okay, so it's weird. It's weird. But I was a, like a teenager. Right. Okay. Uh, like a te- by teenager, I mean tween. I was like twelve. Okay. Okay. So w- how I encountered this film?
1: Accidentally. Uh, accidentally. Sophia Coppola is also in Sophia Coppola
0: isn't it? <laughs> not the reason. He brought in the whole
1: family. Not
0: the uh, not the actress I was here for. So. Somebody told me... So, uh, story time about Josh real fast. Uh, Josh's first ever crush as a human was... uh, Who knows? Who knows the answer? Kylie, do you know? Kylie, pick Kylie. Go. Kimberly. Kimberly, the Pink Ranger, who's played by Amy Jo Johnson. Mm -hmm. And so, this movie comes on TV, and I was like, Peggy Sue got married... This seems like... Wait a minute. Somebody told me that Amy Joe Johnson was the lead of Peggy Sue Got Married. So I'm watching Peggy Sue Got Married, and I was like, this is not Amy Joe Johnson. This is not the Pink Ranger. She's not here. I was like, well, maybe she's got a small part. So I sit around, around watching Peggy Sue Got Married for the entire process of this movie, and I was like, the Pink Ranger wasn't in this movie. This movie's dumb. Whatever. It's not Back to the Future. And then I was like, wait a minute. So then I realized, oh, the movie people were talking about was this movie called Suzy Q. Oh, she dies in a drunk driving accident. <laughs> she does die in a drunk driving accident in that movie and then comes back as a ghost. Um, So I thought I was watching Suzy Q when apparently I was watching Peggy Sue Got Married. And how my 12-year-old brain got those two films confused... I will never know. But that's a thing that happened. So that's my cultural reference to the film Peggy Sue Got Married. Sorry, Francis Ford Coppola's Peggy Sue Got Married. Yeah. Yeah, there you go.
1: I just like it. It's
0: not Susie Q. No. Starring Amy jo Johnson. No. Yeah, no.
1: And then her grandfather's in, like, a cult.
0: Whose <laughs> <laughs> oh, grandfather's not in a cult? I mean, come on. <sighs> That tale is old as time. Uh
1: huh. Helen Hunt's also in this. She is true story. I
0: don't remember who she is. Nope, not at all. All right, Josh. Yeah.
1: This this Peggy Sue got married Sunday afternoon.
0: That's that solid Sunday afternoon <laughs> movie. All right. My number two. Yeah. My no, so we're we're finally getting into the films that I like. Like I I, I rewatched two films for this list. I know both of them. Uh huh. Uh, and this is probably the best film that I rewatched for this list. This is probably like if I was ranking them by like, quality, it's probably number one. But I'm not. I'm ranking it by elite popularity on Letterboxd from mo- most to least um, in terms of the bottom five. Uh, so my number uh, two is a film called Whale Rider. Uh, Whale Rider by Nikki, directed by Nikki Caro. Nikki Caro. Kylie, what films has Nikki Caro done?
1: An, uh, okay, so she did. McFarland USA. Yeah, there it is. My favorite film of all time.
0: There it is, McFarland USA. She also did another Disney sports film
1: <laughs> Queen of Cotway?
0: Yes, Queen of Cotway. <laughs> Uh I have come to really appreciate Nikki Carl as a director. I think that Whale Rider I would still probably hold up as her best film. I think she's got one more beyond those ones that that we had mentioned. Um Oh, she's got a lot more. She's got twelve films in total.
1: The Zookeeper's, Zookeeper's Wife!
0: Wife. Yeah. Zookeeper's wife was the other one that I was trying to think of. Oh, North Country. North Country is also a really good film.
1: She's going to do live action Mulan.
0: That's a true story. She's also in the Disney brand, just like tied up doing Disney things.
1: Oh, Johnny Ann's in that.
0: Who? Donnie Yen? Yeah.
1: We, okay.
0: <laughs> Kylie's on board. Yeah. Is he playing Lee Shane? I don't know. Oh, okay. I,
1: <laughs> no. Okay. No, he's not.
0: Great. Who's he playing? I'm,
1: I'm already off that page, Josh. Oh, okay,
0: so sorry. Uh, whale Rider. Whale Rider is this really beautiful film uh, that is set in New Zealand and is about this family's patriarchal history with kind of being the, the leaders of this tribe and that the, the, the rule of the, the tribe is that it passes down, that the Whale Rider title passes down from... Generation to generation of the firstborn male son of the family, and it just so happens that the uh, the the firstborn male son of the current like le- whale writer of the of the tribe, uh, it has has his son has a girl. So that means that the the that. It would it has a, has twins. Sorry, let me rephrase that. They has twins, a boy and a girl, and there happens to be a car accident, and the wife and the boy son die. So it only leaves that, that means the line is broken. So that means that they have to search for a new whale writer, or you know, just give the title to to to, to, to the girl. And it's a beautiful film about what it means to grow up in the shadow of this kind of monarchy so to speak of this this tribe and how this girl whose name i'm forgetting her character name it's keisha castle hughes is the actor um pike pie they call her pie um but her full name is p-a-i-k-e-a and i don't know how to pronounce that pikea, so, P-I-K-E-A. P-I-K-E-A. um and she is this just amazing girl who can do anything she wants Who is shown to be more capable than any of the other candidates for Whale Rider. It proves over and over and over again that even though her grandpa, who is the one who's searching for this, like, he does show love to her, but he's also very indifferent towards her being a leader. Like very like, no, you can't do this. And in the face of his his uh, disbelief, she continues to thrive. She continues to succeed. She continues to over and over again uh, just prove him wrong, and and by the end of the film, there's this beautiful sequence with. A bunch of whales that you just you know that like she's gonna prove all of the old systems wrong and she's gonna take down any masculine belief about what life needs to be and what should be it's just i don't know it's a really gorgeous beautiful film like to me this is the this is one of them that i was like this is way more than three and a half stars like i love the pace of the film the tone of the film the performances every, it's just great i love whale writer awesome film streaming currently on amazon prime so yeah Whale Rider. New Zealand film. Have you seen Whale Rider? No. Okay.
1: I haven't seen any of these films you've talked about. Oh, yeah. All right, Josh. Yeah. Now, I know that a documentary came out like two years ago. Okay. I know. Just one? Uh, yeah. Okay. This isn't about the Fire Festival. Oh. And I know that it could paint some weird images about a actor, a actor, an actor. Oh, okay. About an actor. Okay. Um, and how he he bullied poor little Milos Formel. <laughs> Josh, Josh.
0: Dang you, Jim Carrey! <laughs> you be nice to Milos Forman.
1: Forman. That's his name. Uh, so we're going to talk about Man on the Moon.
0: Man on the Moon. <laughs> this is a good movie. This is also like on my list of things.
1: I like Man on yeah, the Moon.
0: Yeah, it's a good movie.
1: Um when I was in college, someone had a picture of Andy Kaufman in their dorm and I was like, who's this? Cuz Andy Kaufman is not just a a picture that you normally would have.
0: Right. Um, not just Up from Taxi. No.
1: No. <laughs> And it was like black and white, and yeah. like I was just like, who is this? Yeah. And they were like Andy Kaufman, you know. And they started, they said something after that. And I was like, I don't know what that means. They, and they were, were just
0: like, Mr. Andy Kaufman's gone wrestling, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I won't sing the whole song. It's okay. I
1: like that song. You were just
0: talking to Michael Stipe, you no,
1: know. It's fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, Well, let me tell you, because this kid was like, I'm gonna be a stand-up comedian. And he didn't. <laughs>
0: That's his life story. Done. Done. We're moving on. That kid sucks. <laughs>
1: no, no, whoa, 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 whoa. He just decided he wants a different life. Oh, okay,
0: great. <laughs> I don't know why you're being so mean to this kid.
1: But he was like, he's my comedy
0: influence. Oh, who's being mean now? <laughs> who's the- I'm his friend. <laughs> I can... Uh, you can't be mean to him. Only I can be mean yeah. to him. Okay, great. Sorry. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, Josh, that's how it works. Okay, so... There's Andy. He, he's like, let me show you one thing. He shows me one video of Andy Kaufman, and I'm like, alright. I guess I'm on board. Uh-huh. And that is the Mighty Mouse mm-hmm. song, which is the most basic, like, oh, Andy Kaufman, yeah. Mighty Mouse. But I was game... Set. Now a different friend from high school, no longer college friend, okay. different friend from high school once brought up this film, and I was like, that doesn't seem like a real thing. He was like, I just like it because REM does the soundtrack to yeah, it. It's a good soundtrack. And uh,
0: the movie's good. And I was like, great, cool. I, I had that soundtrack, listened to it in my car when I drove around in high school. And just I so you know.
1: Finally found I finally connected these two friendships. Ah. And I saw Man on the Moon and uh, the library at college, and I watched it, and I was like, huh, this is pretty funny. And now
0: here I am. And there it is. Three <laughs> and a half stars later. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> good, good old Sunday afternoon film. Yep. Jim Carrey is very weird in this, but
0: but He's good. He's, he's a he's, restrained yeah. weird. Yeah. He doesn't
1: just go full out like crazy kooky.
0: You can tell he cares about playing Andy Kaufman quote unquote correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, And so
1: he puts a lot of, like, this is probably a very big passion project for him, to the point where the family of Andy Kaufman came in and said their goodbyes to Andy Kaufman through Jim Carrey. (sighs)
0: Seems very appropriate.
1: (laughs) They said it was very therapeutical.
0: To the point where Jared the King Lawler uh, (laughs) wanted to actually fight and punch... Uh, Jim Carrey in the face because Jim Carrey was in character. Great, don't we all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like he. Andy was antagonistic to Jerry the King Lawler. Mm, yeah, but they were also friends. Like that was a that was a bit there, Jim. Like that was a story. Wrestling is is storytelling. No, it's so. it's all real. Yeah, mm-hmm. none of it's fake. None of it's fake.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no. and, and so, Man on the Moon. A uh, man on the moon. As far as a biopic goes, it's a pretty standard yeah. biopic. But, like, it's entertaining to watch. Jim Carrey's performance I enjoy. The humor is fun.
0: Um, it also seems to come out in this really interesting time where... I don't know if we would make an Andy Kaufman biopic now. Because Andy himself, though, it is considered at times a quote-unquote creative genius. If you look at his Tony Clifton character... It's really problematic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it. I know, I understand that Kaufman is trying to make commentary on life. I get that. But oh, yeah. in that same way of you can do that without becoming that person and you can do that without... I don't know, treating people like garbage. And that's my only kind of issue with both Andy Kaufman and Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman. It's like, I just, creative genius all you will, treat people nicely. You know? And I definitely was somebody who when, when the film came out, um, I want to say this film comes out in 2001, 2000?
1: 99. 99.
0: Okay. So I am, this film comes out in late Anyway, I'm in high school. I'm very early in high school. I remember watching the film, loving the film, uh, being all on board with Andy Kaufman. I went to the library, and I got, like, three Andy Kaufman biographies, and I read them. And I was like, he is a creative genius, and stuff like that. And so, like, I get that, like, his his brand of comedy is very alternative. It's very influential, and it's there. And so, I, it's an important person that I'm glad that we have this movie being made out of. Yeah, I like this movie. It's, you're right, though. It is a real good, like, salt three and a half stars. Like, <laughs> it's not the best film in all land, but it's it's good. Danny DeVito, also really good in it. Enjoy him. And Paul Giamatti.
1: Danny DeVito doesn't play himself. <laughs> I know, it's so good. He plays someone else. Yes. Okay, so, like, people that don't know, Danny DeVito is on Taxi. Yes. Which is the film that Andy Kaufman is also on. Series. And that they're, like, friends. Yeah, they're like buds in like real life. Yeah. and Danny DeVito was like, "No,
0: I am George Shapiro. I will not play myself. I will not be me." Well, and then I think they do show clips of him on Taxi, and you're just like, "But George, he's there, and he's there." Yeah, you
1: didn't know that Danny DeVito's alternate
0: identity was. Why don't we do top five Danny DeVito? I'm on board with that. <sighs> Chuck- I wanted the... he can he can join them out I Rushmore. wanted the painting so badly I know I'm so sorry <laughs> it's not your fault we got most of the bonus questions right we just didn't get drawn everyone
1: else did too yeah an REM makes a killer soundtrack Courtney Love
0: is fine Courtney Love is good in this movie yeah <sighs> I like Man on the Moon good choice
1: thank you if you believe
0: they put a man on the moon if you believe there's nothing out there to see Nothing is real? Got any quote-unquote honorable mentions? Nope. No? Nope. <laughs> I was just going to read the some of them that were on my list. You can. Uh, let's see. The next one's up on my list. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, the next five up would have been An American Tale, uh, Joss Whedon's Much New About Nothing, Ben Stiller's Reality by its Gross Point Blank, and Steve McQueen's Bullet.
1: Babe. Bring it on. <laughs> there you go. That was it. All right.
0: Breakfast Club was there. Breakfast Club is there. Yeah. That's all I remember. There's probably better films than the ones that I'm talking about, but I just wanted to highlight films. So yeah. All right, Josh, talk about your number one. My number one is a ridiculous film uh, from uh, 1996. Apparently, the year of year of three and a half David Star films. 1996. It's called Fly Away Home. <laughs> way home is you may be familiar with this film it stars jeff daniels and anna paquin and is the story uh... no no, josh i don't i don't watch trash (laughs) this is not trash thank you this is a (laughs) solid three and a half star film like this is exactly what this is i'm just
1: looking at pictures okay what
0: are you seeing
1: i'm seeing jeff daniels
0: going ah to the geese (laughs) that's cute Jeff Daniels is at his most like, oh, Jeff Daniels, like, ooh, be still my beating heart, Jeff Daniels.
1: Are they like, what the heck is happening here? What do you? I what? don't know, Josh. Just talk. talk. Wait, wait, no,
0: what's happening? Where? I, I want to see. No,
1: like, it looks like they're like dropping geese from their, they're, oh, no, the geese they're are flying. Their-
0: okay, yeah. why? Okay, so adorable Jeff Daniels and his daughter Anna Paquin, uh, who, um, basically, Anna Paquin's mom dies straight up beginning of this film, death, uh, but. So Anna Paquin has to go live with father, Jeff Daniels, who she hasn't seen since she was, like, three-ish. And they live in Canada, and he lives out in this kind of small town that's kind of being taken over a little bit by people who want to build condos and tear down the forest. And so while one person comes illegally and does that, and that displaces a mother geese and her geese babies. And so Anna Paquin finds the geese baby eggs, takes them to the barn, birds hatches them like helps them hatch and they kind of like imprint on her as mom and so what they decide is is that instead of having their wings clipped and making them domestic birds they wanted to make them free birds and so they had to train them on how to be actual wild geese in the wild um and to do that they need to find a way to get them to learn how to migrate cuz the birds are going to learn how to fly and they got they're going to there if they don't learn how to migrate they're not going to have a good path so basically quirky inventor dad because everybody in the 90s is a quirky inventor dad apparently ha- invents these flying machines and they fly these birds across the canada to this, like, warmer location down south on the coast of, I want to say it's Massachusetts is where they end up going. But I'm not totally sure. It might be a little bit further down. It might be Carolina. Lies, it's Carolina. Massachusetts is somewhere that they, they you know, whatever. Josh, I, I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun film. It's a good film. It's just very feel good. It's clearly just somebody went, well, uh, let's, uh, Free Willy, but with, uh, birds. And that's what it is like this film jeff daniels is really charming in this film and you're like oh jeff daniels and i struggles a little bit it's clear that like she's a child actor trying to figure out how to be an actor still but the film is just good fun family entertainment i really uh, there is some low points the film it's not always the most entertaining watch but when we get to the final sequence the last third maybe two-thirds of the film maybe fourth of the film two-fourths half who knows the back half of the film when we start following these birds and the people across uh on their trek the cinematography is gorgeous the film was actually nominated for best cinematography that year um like it's a beautiful film like in terms of it, something there. Uh, good old Caleb de Chanel, father of Zoe de Chanel and Emily de Chanel. Who knows? Um, yeah, I like Fly Away Home. It's stupid, silly, fun. It's definitely family '90s garbage nonsense, but it's a good time. My
1: number one is Meru. Is what? Meru. I don't know what Meru is. Oh, it's a mountain. Okay.
0: Just a mountain. Is it like a two-hour picture of a mountain? Yeah. Okay. Why are you judging me over there? How
1: do you not know what Meru is? He really talks to you about it all
0: the time. <laughs> all God. the time. Okay, listen. I didn't. All the time. It's just. I'm sorry, Kylie. I'm sorry. What have I done? What? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to upset you.
1: Yeah, so it's a it's a mountain. Uh huh. And we're gonna climb it.
0: Oh great. It's better free solo.
1: I like it more than free solo. Right. I think I understand the people who do who are part of the climbing team a lot more. So this is by Ch- Jimmy Chin, um, who. Oh it, yeah,
0: okay, I'm with you now.
1: Yeah, I talk about it all the time.
0: Okay, I'm with you.
1: <laughs> so Jimmy Chin uh, had a film that came out last year. It may have won an Academy Award. It's real hard to say. It's at on this the. Point. It's on the
0: short list as far as we know. Uh, <laughs> but it might have just won. So who knows?
1: Um. So, free solo. Has gotten a little bit more of a, uh, like, knowledge about it. While Meru kind of just like appeared and then disappeared within everything. But this played at the small indie theater at my college. So I went to it and I saw it and I was like, whoa, this is... I like this. I like this film. I like this documentary, okay? It's really good. I just, I I understand why Jimmy Chin's doing it. I understand why the other two people are doing it. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, third person, please, please don't do this. But then, like, like, you're just, you just, like, you just, I, it's, connecting to these characters and caring about them is just so good and they're just they're up on the mountain and they're in their tent that's just like hanging over the, their death and like <laughs> like you're just watching it and you're like how they're, oh please just go back down the mountain you're gonna <laughs> die if you stay up here and like <laughs> i like it's i just <laughs> did they die well jimmy chin obviously didn't die <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, maybe it's a... A ghost! <laughs> maybe he made Free Solo first, and then they, they just, like, released it afterwards.
1: Woo! <laughs> yeah. Spoilers, no. Okay. No, Jim, Jimmy he does not die.
0: Okay, great. Um, uh,
1: I, I think that... I think that you and I, who, while watching Free Solo, were like, What the crap? <laughs> yes. Like who is this person? I think that watching Meru, I think that if you care about characters, yes, uh, I think that watching that would be a lot more a, a better experience. Nice yes. than us being like, what is this human? Is this a human? Is is this a human? Am I a human?
0: I mean, listen, the film <laughs> that questions a your humanity. Get out of here, go away, Keanu.
1: No, he purpose. <laughs> he did it on purpose.
0: Good he thing. rides a horse in the John Mc3 trailer. Yeah, I texted you about it. I was so excited when I saw it.
1: Josh, I...
0: Uh, can I tell you the moment that I got off-board? I was hardcore on-board with that trailer. Hollyberry Berry? Yep. No, the moment I got off-board. Why? I just, like, she's never very interesting in movies to me. She always kind of does the same thing. And maybe I need to watch more of her films, but, like, everyone that I remember seeing, she's kind of doing the same thing. She's never very engaging on screen. Like, great. Like, Halle Berry's here, everybody. Yay.
1: Um, it's the it's the first time I'm excited for John with Chapter 3. Oh. I wasn't very interested in it. What? I wasn't very interested in
0: heard- that wasn't a what is and I didn't hear you. That was a what is like, oh, I thought, like, but it's your background. No, it's not. Did you change it? Yeah.
1: My OTP is my background.
0: Oh, love it. Love it indeed. Can
1: you name them?
0: Okay, well, that's a green one with fangs. <laughs> and, uh, so the
1: answer is no. <laughs>
0: no. I was like, Beast?
1: Beast Boy and Raven.
0: Uh from Not the nice.
1: Teen Titans.
0: I've only seen Teen Titans go to the movies. My
1: one true love. Both of them are in it.
0: Yeah, that's why they look kind <laughs> of familiar. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Oh my gosh, Anna's been judging you hard. Hardcore. No, I
1: was gonna say I like that artist that does those. They're I, cute.
0: Yeah, that's it's a cute this, drawing. I this, was nothing.
1: This is the only pairing in all of like media that I care about. Like, I care about other things at time, I guess. But, like, this is the one where I'm literally like, no. These, these two.
0: Okay. Question.
1: Careful here, boy. <laughs>
0: Thanks. I'll cut you. Funko Pop decides that they are going to make a Funko Pop couple collection with those two characters.
1: Is it Teen Titans Go?
0: No. No, okay. It's Teen Titans. Okay. It's like actual teen types. Like the comics? Like the comics. Okay. Like, like you love this set. Okay. How much are you willing to pay for it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is it in mint? Yeah. Uh, 50. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Nice. Here you go. Everybody (laughs) else, you're lower.
1: (laughs) Josh, they're the only people I care about. I also care about Captain Montramp and Maria, I guess, but, like... Oh, that's
0: also in the couple's collection. There's a whole couple <laughs> set. Uh-huh. It's 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 these two and Captain Montramp and Maria, and what's the third couple Kylie cares about?
1: That's a really good question. <laughs> what's a third couple that Kylie cares about? Why have we only done that list?
0: TC14? <laughs> <laughs> And David Sims. <laughs> and David Sims. Yeah, there it is. Yep. <laughs> Brought it around. Brought it right back around. There it is. All right, friends. Why, why haven't we done that list? Couples Kylie's care about? Why? It?
1: No, not, no. But <laughs> like our I, favorite movie couples. That's a good one. Why haven't we done that? Maybe why we'll are do we it. doing this stupid stuff? <laughs>
0: Scrap this. Number one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, why are we here?
0: What is the what is the world? What is the point of all of this? Alright, listen. Next time we find a movie couple that we think we're going to care about, we're, we'll do that list. Alright.
1: Yep. This is a version of the of a list that I thought about when we started this. What? But we, like, just... <laughs> I never brought it up, because there never came a good time. Okay. But it was going to be, like, either films Roger Ebert hated...
0: Oh, okay. ...that we liked... Uh-huh.
1: Or... Films Robert Ebert loved and we hate.
0: We chose to do David Sims instead. We chose to do David Sims instead. We can still do your Ebert list. It's a good list. I just
1: I'm sorry that Ebert is I know he's like the basic choice.
0: He's the only Yeah, no, yeah. We could have gone with Gene Siskel. With our friend David Sims, who we've never met.
1: He's not a friend. Our friend who we've never met. I, in fact, think that if he were to listen to this, he would be outraged. Why would he be outraged? <laughs> He'd be like, "These folks are making fun." of
0: <laughs> No, I'm not. I genuinely love. <laughs> They're using love- our bits. <laughs> I mean, we are giving credit to all the people. Well, this was this was fun. This was our fun homage to our friends, David and Griffin, kind of.
1: Will we someday talk about babe? Pig in the city? No. <laughs> just babe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. The first one. Yeah, dude, just put it on a list. What Listen! I often feel like I need to have a reason.
0: <laughs> Listen! If you take me up on you may have already done this, but if you take me up on the Oscar draft, you can put whatever film you want on. No questions asked. Could be babe.
1: I don't like want to watch Mystery Men or whatever you say. <laughs> it's
0: why it's a gamble. It's why it's a risk. You have to answer now. You can think about it till Tuesday.
1: Everyone, thanks for listening.
0: <laughs> Kylie, kind of we can't. You
1: can listen to a better podcast at Blink. Check. On iTunes. It's
0: a true story, but they're uh better than yeah, really everything
1: they do, they're probably still in the middle of Tim Burton, they haven't done Dumble yet.
0: <laughs> the Planet Hollywood game. You just threw the card at <laughs> my face. You pulled a real bumblebee. Like you... I was going for <laughs> I was going for that X-Men. Yeah. Um, there
1: what's you his go. name. What's Gambit. his name? Gambit.
0: Yep. All Did right. I hit you? Uh, you got the brim of my hat. Do you want? Do you want? You want me to pick, or are you picking? No, Josh. I don't want to do it. Here we go. Planet Hollywood game. It'll be good. This one is very Josh, appropriate. I will only play one of them because there's only one that I can name a single yeah, movie. Yeah, I know. It's fine. We're gonna get there. Okay. Also, it seems very appropriate that we drew out of the globe. Birdman. The, <laughs> 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 Batman. Mr. Mom. Spider-Man: Homecoming. Beetlejuice. Spotlight. Films of Michael Keaton <laughs> was what we drew. <laughs> you want to do John Wayne? You gotta... Sure. Why are John Wayne and Michael Keaton on the card together? Searchers! <laughs> the, um... Is that a film? Yeah, True Grit.
1: What? No, Josh, we should
0: celebrate that I got one. <laughs> the Quiet Man.
1: <laughs> well, everyone knows
0: that you're the smart <laughs> the one. Green here. Berets. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> All right, pilgrims, if you want to find out where to find us, you can do so at duckswatchtogether.com. That's not what it's called. It's called Friend of a Friend Podcast. Squarespace.com, Pilgrims. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Or you can leave us a five star review or a star review, and we'll read it out right here on this them there podcast. Pilgrims, you can also leave us a hit that subscribe button. Where you can, uh, what well, helps us get more listeners of this nonsense. You can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. You should call that
1: chicken.
0: <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at... Twitter? Where can you find us on the Twitters? DWT underscore podcast. YouTubes. Tumblers. <laughs> Letterboxd. Well, thank you so much, partners, for listening. I've been John Wayne. Quack, 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 quack.